everybody, it's me, Katie Osaurus. Hey, and it's me, Hey Good. And we're in the same room. We are. Welcome to season two of <laughs> Infinite Quest. Oh yeah, baby. It's official. It's officially season two. I officially live in Georgia. Leases have been signed. Boxes have been moved. It's going down. And uh, we owe it really all to all of you. So really, thank you so much with your support during the move and your support while we were on the road stuck in Oklahoma and calling tow trucks and renting U-Hauls. Um, <laughs> we could not have done it without you. Just thank you from the bottom of our hearts, really. But from here on out, uh, season two of Infinite Quest is going to be the first season where we uh, do it completely together in the same room. Yeah, we don't have to send every file 2,500 miles just to, to see each other. It's 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 going to be pretty nice. Pretty excited. So this is our first live episode from Play On Con. We talk about neurodivergence in gaming and what gaming has done for us as neurodivergent people and also just as people. Um, it was a really fun time. The crowd was very responsive. There's a brief Q&A section at the end where people ask some really nice questions. Uh, but here's that episode. And thank you so much again for everybody. Thank you so much for... Thank you so much to everybody at Play On Con for having us. It was just a lovely time. Very hospitable. Just, just delightful. Without further ado, here is our very first live episode. Transition! Transition. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Hi everybody, it's me, Katie Source. Hey, and it's me, Hey Good. And we are live at Play on more satisfying than I thought it was gonna really be. <laughs> I just, oh, I did man. make the mistake of looking at the audio and I just I wanted know. to go, <laughs> I'm sorry in oh, advance for this. Uh, uh, welcome place. to season two. Yeah. <laughs> this is season, the first episode, we didn't know how seasons work, so we got to episode 50 of season one. And then we just decided 50 is a nice run number. We're yeah, going to be a play on concert. Then, Here we go. And then we got trapped in Oklahoma and for then a got, week. It was a whole thing. <laughs> it's a whole week. Um, but we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about and we've touched on this before. We touched on it earlier during the roundtable. We've talked about it together um, in certain contexts. Um, but just over the last couple of days, being in the car together for 34 hours straight um, and thinking about being here, we're, I, I, I don't want to speak for you, Katie, but I've been slowly like opening doors in my head and turning over rocks and realizing how much... Did the rocks taste like fruit? The rocks did not <laughs> taste like fruit. <laughs> Fruity Pebbles, baby. It's topically hilarious. <laughs> but I've been turning over, and I've, I've been realizing how the weird, sometimes subtle, sometimes not subtle at all ways that gaming in general, whether it's LARPing, video games, which we've talked about on the podcast before, um, tabletop gaming, card gaming, has, in a lot of ways, helped me illuminate certain parts of my brain that I otherwise would have, particularly when it comes to my ADHD and, and, and depression. Expound. Expound. Oh well, no. This is a this is a two minute episode. I'm not okay. going to talk about. Okay, that was good. Thanks for coming out, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> See what I did? Is I, I made a carefully orchestrated transition because I needed something to play with. So nice, nice, nice. Well, I, I was thinking earlier today, and again, we talked about this a bit at the round table. Hold on, I need to crinkle this bag into the microphone. Could you do it closer? Could you do it? There you go. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh man. It, it sounds like a pause. Yeah, this we should is why give we everybody have to hire things. Casey for a holy artist. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, go. I'm leaving it all in. I'm leaving that's, it in. See, this is this. Is, I just yeah, it's fine. It's authentic. <laughs> it's an authentic experience. It is. But I was thinking earlier today about um, how when I'm let's say I'm playing a, a boss monster is one of my favorite card games, 
it's a dungeon building game so you have uh you have heroes that come out into in, in like heroes that come out each turn of the game and you build a dungeon such to kill those heroes basically you gain points from killing the heroes you right. lose points when they hurt you it's awesome highly recommend um but the idea behind the game is uh you know there there are certain cards that work well with other cards you know like a card game is and finding out what the best version of a play is given the cards that i have is one of my favorite things in the world it's 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 so satisfying to go oh i'm going to play this which doubles the value of this card which and then i have this spell card i'm going to be like bow i'm going to slap it on the table like that's so satisfying to me um but because people with adhd have a working memory akin to somebody who's very advanced in age so we have that sort of slow what was i what was it again oh i was thinking like we do that and so when i arrive at that conclusion when i realize this is how I want to play these cards. This is how I'm going to win this game. Or this is a joke I'm going to make when I play this, whatever it is. I have to get there several times because every time I get there, it fades away. It's sort of like, I'm trying to think of an analogy. Sort of like, uh, I don't know, if you were to draw like a word on the beach and then the waves wash over it and then come back and it's gone again, but you can still kind of see it and then you can draw it again and then you can still kind of... I have to get there several times over and over until eventually... It stays there for long enough to me to actually play a turn of the goddamn game and play. And that can be very frustrating with other people. And I used to be, and in some ways still am, very insecure about that. Because I feel like I'm taking away from the experience of other people in the game. Um, and I've played with people who, like, get really mad at me in game. And I play with people who are just extremely accommodating and very nice about it. And over the years, my acceptance of that part of myself, of like, oh, I have this disorder... It's a whole thing. One of the symptoms of that disorder is that my working memory is garbage. And that just is what it is. And I, I can develop strategies to make that, to, to alleviate that. I can communicate with people to hope they understand that that kind of stuff is going to happen. And if that's not okay, then perhaps don't play Boss Monster with me because that's what's going to happen. And learning to accept that and learning to just go, that's the way it is. And that, you know, that's who I am and that's just fine it kind of opens this weird door that's kind of scary to approach of, holy shit, what other areas of my life am I really insecure about that I've been forcing myself to, or trying to not accept my, the, the entire 27 years of my life that I need to just go, you know, that's just the way it is. And if, and if there's somebody who enters my life who, who can't deal with the way that I pack for a trip or the way that I go shopping, sorry, that's what it is, you know. Bold of you to call that packing. <laughs> I also want, this is nothing to do with anything, but I just need to acknowledge that like five minutes ago, yes. uh, you said, yes. I, I try to think of the best version of a play. And immediately yes. I went, well, is it the Ian McKellen Hamlet or the, or the, or the David Tennant, <laughs> David Tennant Hamlet? Hamlet? And I have not listened. I'm not, and I say this with every piece of love that I have for you in my heart. I have not listened to a fucking word you said because oh, I've been man, trying to that's... decide what my favorite version of Hamlet is <laughs> the entire time. Like I was like, he's going to stop talking at some point and I'm going to have to like make a joke or something because he's going to know that I wasn't listening. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't end the question. I was thinking about David Tennant wearing a, a well, t-shirt. Well, for one, I mean, I'm saying this to a person with two master's degrees in Shakespeare, so uh, I got I've already lost You said here. play and I got really distracted. I'm sorry. It's play. It's in the name of the convention, Katie. I mean, it is, right? I don't yeah. know how you're gonna how you're gonna fare with a couple I keep days. Keep being like theater. Where Ian then... McKellen? My gosh! First off, it's got to be the David Tennant version because it's Patrick Stewart as a ghost. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh it my is, gosh! It is pretty good. But also, don't worry, Katie. I gotcha. Thanks, bud. 
I'm not mad at you for that. I really mean it. I'm not. I'm not doing. A th I'm. I'm not. No part of me is mad or insecure. That's or, why I told or anything you because I trusted you to not be mad to, at to me. Wrap, oh, we're, to wrap. To wrap it into something relevant. Because buds being buds. Buds being buds. <laughs> but like genuinely, like I. I've had. A, that's another thing. I've had a lot of people get mad at me for. Well, they'll they'll do like a whole thing. They'll like give me an impassioned speech or something. But because a bus drove by that was exactly the color of my parents' car when I was a kid, suddenly I went on a whole thing remembering the swimming trips to the YMCA, just off, off, off for 20 minutes. And all of a sudden they like stop talking and they're looking at me for an answer. And I'm like, oh God, man, I'm so sorry. Like, and, and I, 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 I feel genuinely, I feel like I've insulted that person. And I, and over the years, after I've learned more about of, about ADHD and my ADHD and how it manifests for me, I've it's it sort of in some ways serves as I guess like a litmus test yeah. where you know if you can't deal with that, then perhaps we're not destined to be super close friends, and that's <laughs> fine. You don't have to be amazingly close friends with the people, but you should accept yourself, and, you, and I don't think you should deny who you are to just meld. I, I, I don't want to make too more larger of a point than I'm trying to make, right? But I, I watch you dangerously veer. Veer, veer. Yeah. Right off. But okay, well, so then, okay, so here's my question then, uh, friend. Do you Aww. do you feel like no? Sorry. Okay, no. cool. Thanks for coming no. out, everybody. Bye. <laughs> uh, uh, I will do that joke nine more times, so feel free to laugh like every time I fake stop the podcast because it's my favorite joke <laughs> to make. Uh, I do. It's like I do that, and then I also say that uh, that Samuel Jackson is going to come out and recruit us to the Avengers at the end of the podcast. That's also my second favorite joke to make. You think you're the only superhero in the world? I know. Uh, no, but what I was going to say is, do you think that then, like the action of uh, like not the action, but like the the way that gaming works? Do you think that it is highlighting your strengths? Bless you, or do you think it is highlighting your insecurities or both? Oh, I definitely think hard hitting question for good. season two. That was good. I, I definitely think both. Also, bless you, not because you sneeze, just in general. Um, <laughs> you can't just throw up blessings just blessing willy nilly. Really what we're doing. No, I. I, 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 <laughs> I, I definitely think it's both, and yeah. I think, and I think that's a good thing. I yeah. do because gaming is gaming if done in the way that I think gaming should be in a way that's like respectful and safe and 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 welcoming and accepting right it's it's a place that's a, it's a safe place to be able to forget something or to be able to have time blindness and not realize that you've taken you know 10 minutes looking at your cards because there are high state there are situations in your life where that's a big deal you know if you're driving your car and you have a severe lack of working memory that like oh that's right the stoplight's out or whatever there are situations where adhd symptoms are dangerous do you know yeah. people with adhd on average live 13 untreated adhd live 13 years less than people without it i did know that you did know that i did shout out to uh dj pj md yep. on, good old dj pj go follow a dj pj md on on tiktok he's fantastic but there are high stakes situations where where testing yourself to see how good your memory is or whatever is really bad or really dangerous i don't want to say bad but it's dangerous it's high stakes if you mess up it's really bad but in a gaming set setting it's just it's just a game. The stakes are low. And if you're with people that you love and accept and who love and accept you, then it's okay to to have those things and to explore those parts of your brain and figure out <laughs> is this something I can get better at and develop strategies about? Is this something that I have to accept? You just I told you just did your I disagree with you face. What, I, what do you got? Well, what here's cuz because my my initial 
my immediate initial response was, We're no, done. the point is to win, Eric. And if you <laughs> don't know. win, what's the point? Like, if you're not good, because that's... That's that's me. That's that's my thing. Is I is I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I do want to absolutely destroy you, and uh, and just prove my uh, dominance in in like that's why I don't play Settlers of Catan anymore because I've lost too many <laughs> friends. Um, because like that's because that's like my thing, and I like but I know that about myself, and like that's why I don't like play games with people I don't know very well. Huh? Because like it, my like weird like burnt out gifted kid brain is like I must win it all i've never used that voice before but that's what that's what it sounds like inside my head how did you arrive how did you arrive at that conclusion that you because of that you shouldn't play games with certain like, because it's you... it's no fun to play with the jerk who's like ah i must win at all costs except that i am gonna apologize for everything at the same time because i don't want to hurt your feelings mm. which is very it's it's frust it's frustrating it's frustrating to play games like that, but also, haha, to take your point and to build upon it. Oh my gosh. I know. Is it that is that's how I feel a lot about like just life in general. Is that mm. my like my whole thing is like I want to be the best, but also I will apologize the entire time because I I feel like I'm probably inconveniencing you somewhat in my quest to do so. Huh. My infinite quest, if you will. Hey, there it is. She said the name of the show in the show. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you think you recognizing that that happens in a gaming setting? Do you think that I don't know what the term would be if it's make better or do you think that uh, remedy, I don't want to say remedies because it makes it sound like it's an awful thing. Yeah. But do you think that <clears throat> makes this idea that you have to win at all costs, but also you feel really bad about it and have to apologize? Do you think you noticing that in a gaming setting makes that uh, again? I want to choose my words carefully, but I That's also right. don't want to just pause for That's twenty you, you seconds. Like 10, 10 second, ten second pause is valid. Pass. But uh, screw it. Did do you think it makes it worse in real life having noticed that in gaming? Or do you think it's sort of a well, different version I, of the question you asked I, me? I built it. I did something different. I started playing D and D because oh, you because you, you can't win D and D. Oh, yeah. Is that why I, uh, dear listeners and dear audience, hello? Um, we recently started playing Minecraft. Yeah, and I can tell that it does something to slash for you. I don't know if it's like a good thing or a bad, but it definitely <laughs> is. Something's happening up, and I'm wondering because Minecraft isn't a traditional game where. Like you defeat the thing and then you're done. Like you can right. never beat Minecraft. You're just right. always building. Which your also, world. I want you to know, is like infinitely stressful to me. That you can't because beat it. I've spent a lot, like the amount of time that I've spent thinking about the fact that I will never find all the diamonds in Minecraft. Like it physically hurts me on yeah. the inside of my brain. Um, huh. But I've accepted that and I've moved on with. These are the things that I worry about in my life. I'm like, I'm never gonna find them all. It's like the opposite of Pokemon. Huh. Uh, but yeah, but that's why I like D&D &D so much because there's no, there's no like, there's like you achieve a goal, but you achieve a goal together. Right. And so, yeah. and so, but that's what I like. But then, then like to sort of like, like I keep making like a little sandwich of like the fucking point. I'm like, <laughs> we're going to get there eventually. We're going to get there eventually. But like, but like, but then also then that becomes a conversation about managing my neurodivergency if you will, at the gaming table. Oh, uh, she said the name of the she said the name of the panel in the panel. Katie, um, crushing it. I know, but like you just won this that, panel. But then, but then that becomes that becomes the com the the competition the competition that becomes the conversation. <laughs> is it becomes like okay, so I know that like 
I deeply and fundamentally loathe playing Settlers of Catan, which I know is a very unpopular opinion, but it's fine. I accept it. It's the same reason I refuse to play Munchkins. Like, Chris loves Munchkins. He loves it so much. We have, like, every expansion at our house. I will not play that goddamn game. You could not pay me money to play that game. But, like, then I, I play D&D, and it's like, okay, well, there there's no specific, like, it's, it's a goal. It's an accomplishment that you're achieving together with whoever you're playing with. But then it's like, okay, but now I have to create a system where I can accomplish that. I have to create the the means by which to do that. And then that becomes like the the real life sort of like, I, I don't want to say the word quest, but like the the goal is like, okay, because I know that like, I can't do a five hour D&D session. Like I can't, I can't do it. Hmm. My brain, my brain can't. People are like, yes, in the audience. Um, and then like on top of that, it's like, like at the table, it's like, I have to have something to do. I have to have a spinning wheel or something cool. Um, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. And so then it becomes like a game, like not like a game, but like a, a, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I do. I, do, I like to just trail off. Well, that's that's. It's <laughs> great. It's just just like D and D. You never like reach the thing. You're just, no, it's you just a constant thing. It's an dragon. <laughs> well, well, I wanted to ask, like, so we're bringing up D and am a relatively new D and D player. You are compared to the majority of the people I've met in the last year or so, um, and I'm like in real time having those experiences of like I love playing Dean. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but my neurodivergencies, my ADHD and my depression, they get in the way. My ADHD is like, it's it's sort of like, um, why am I thinking of analogies that don't need to exist? Who cares? Um, it's, it's, it's like, it's slow. Well, oh God, gaming analogy, boom. You know when you have like a boss that has a lot of health and you don't, you don't have any like really heavy hitting moves. So you just have to like pick away at it with arrows, you know, and just slowly. Yeah, that's sort of what my ADHD does. Like the toolbox in the in in the the the, the little. I never mind. It Who, takes two. Yeah. Is that? Remember the time? Oh that, yeah. That, yeah. The toolbox. That was a weird that week and a half the, when we were streaming that game. That was a very weird. And week. then they mur oh just spoilers. God, never mind. You know what? Don't anyway <laughs> play that game. <laughs> Sorry. If you if you're the people that made it takes two, it's a beautiful game. Totally you did a really strange. good job, but you you need to go to therapy. <laughs> I don't know who hurt you and why, but for fuck's sake. What did what? an elephant ever do to you? Jesus. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, some people have played things too. Okay. Okay. Um, but it's my ADHD is sort of like that picking away thing where my depression is more like your big move that you get like one of every whatever when you just, what is it going? Um, I'm, you, Katie, look, this is you, the, look, you look like Matt Damon in a 1990s movie. Okay, that's better. Then why did you change it? I, that's valid. That's valid. I'm sorry. It's all I could focus I'm on. I'm gonna change it again. You looked like you were gonna be really good at math. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Aaron's, I was going for a Goodwill Hunting slash Rounders kind of thing. As, yeah, you, you did look like you were going to try and scam me at poker later. Cool, all right, so gotcha. So anyway, about that cool point that I'm sure you were making. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it was cool. But my, my ADHD was like the picking away, whereas my depression is like a big, like it's your, it's your Y attack if you're, a, if you're an Xbox player or it's your triangle attack if you're a PlayStation player or whatever. Um, where my ADHD in like, let's say a D&D &D session, let's say a three hour one, which is fucking long if you That's have ADHD. It's really long. Um, it's long in general, but it's really long if you have ADHD. Like I want to be able to play D&D for, for, for three hours straight, but the entire time my ADHD is picking away from the outside. Just like, 
you're forgetting that number that you needed to remember. You're forgetting what stat that correlates with. You're forgetting, you know, is it was it animal handling or was it intimidation? You're all the whole time. None of them are catastrophic, but they're all just debilitating, just poking away, poking away, poking away. Um, you're fine. Whereas my depression is like the why, where at any moment, all of a sudden, boom, health bar reduced to zero. I am done with this game. And that happens to me all day, every day of my life. Where, like, right now, as we're recording this, my ADHD is making me forget points. My ADHD is, I'll think of the word that I need, but then it goes away, but then it comes back, but then it goes away again. And my depression is just behind the corner. Just waiting, just waiting, just deciding whether or not it's going to decide to come around while we're sitting here in front of these people. And that's fine. That's the reality that, that we as neurodivergent people exist in, is that we live with those things. And that's just is what it is. And gaming can serve as an amazing, I don't know if it's a canvas or, or, or arena, but that's not a bad, I don't like thinking of my mental health as a battle. Um, but D&D &D is, I'm now in real time having that experience overlaid onto the experience of playing ADHD, which I love. And I also play it with people that I love. So it's, it's a very intimate, very important, poignant experience. And it's almost like I'm introducing my ADHD and my depression to this new, like I have a, a, this new like girlfriend or something who's like coming in and I'm like, do you like it? I don't know. <laughs> and like figuring it all out. I had a point, but you've had your finger on your nose for a while. So no, I wanna, I'm curious what- Do you want to make what, your point? It was a question. Oh, okay. And well, it, what, well, was, what was, I was going to say is that I, one of the things that I think is really interesting because I've, I've played D&D &D for a really long time is the pressure that I feel to, like, I don't want to say, like, conform, man, but, like, the, the pressure that I feel to, like, fit in at a table that is not built for me. Mm. And, like, and, re like, and, and I don't, like, I'm really nervous to tell the story because I know the person uh, who I'm going to, uh, telling the story about listens to the podcast, but, like, I'm going to tell the story because I feel like it's important. But, so, I, I play a couple of different games of D&D, and we were one of the people that I play with was talking about um, how frustrating it was to play the one of the games that I'm in because we only ever stream for like an hour and we, you know, we, we play for an hour and, and they were, they were saying that like, it's just so frustrating because like we can't get anything done and it Oh, sucks. they're saying that an hour is short. Yeah. And they're saying that an hour is short Whoa. and they like, and there was like a big like rant about it and stuff. And I was sitting there and I was like. I'm the reason why we only played for an hour was mm. because during session zero, like I looked at our DM and I was like, I can't do a four hour session. Like I, 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 I can't, I cannot do it. Mm. And so they made the decision, like, instead of just like recording four hours at a time, we would just do one at a time and it would be fine. And so then, and then everybody else jumped in and they were like, yeah, like, it'd be so nice. Like, oh. can we just please get more done? And I was like, Oh, cool i'm just gonna yeah yeah it's cool and so then i was like well what because i want to keep playing and i and i really like the game and i love the character but it's like i i don't know how to mitigate like mm. that conversation when it's like i'm the one who's like well, i can't yeah. because my brain gets itchy like yeah. well i think i mean it's like embarrassing you know yeah i for one i mean i'm i don't know what it's worth but i am genuinely proud of you for doing that that's not easy Thanks. to do i really mean it and i'm sorry that that happened to you all those people it's okay um, and you don't owe them an explanation. You just don't. Um, what was your question? <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. I don't know. That's what it's about <laughs> But, uh, oh. No. Um, but I, uh, oh. Oh my gosh, it's happening in real time in front of people. It's, hey, no, it's fine. I'm owning it. I don't care. That's cool. Uh, normally when this happens, when we're just recording together, I can just cut this part out. But now it's like, oh, it's fine uh they bear witness they bear witness yeah <laughs> owning it um thank you very much yeah uh, just to edit out all my own
<laughs> we we thought about editing or editing out like all of my likes and then we we're like we don't have 12 oh. hours <laughs> well I, I was thinking um i have, I have this uh, to those your listening, prop game yeah it's pretty strong your hand prop game is just Thank like you. over nine thousand. So yeah to, to those listening my foot my foot in, inexplicably got hurt as is wants to happen with people with adhd and so i'm walking around with a cane and i'm loving it i feel like i should be diagnosing people with like Staphylococcus or something like that, you know. Ah, uh, yes, the incredibly rare disease of staph. That's not rare. Oh, it's not rare. That's the joke you're making. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Let's go. <laughs> I'm kind of caught up. I caught up. I'm like, like I always say, I'm like that little fish that swims beneath the shark, you know, because of all the scraps. You know, I'm a little behind you, but I'm there. Oh, buddy. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to say, I think something that I would love for people to understand about ADHD, and I, and I remember the first time I heard someone, someone say this, it was, it was Thomas E. Brown, um, who used to be the director of the... Um, the Yale, it was the Yale, um, was not program, it was the Yale Department or something like that for attention and related disorders, who now is a private practice in California, by the way. Um, but he said, the important thing to understand about ADHD is one, that everybody experiences the symptoms of ADHD. That is a universal human experience. We all forget things. We all misplace our keys. We all do something and we think it's only been a couple minutes when really it's been a very long time or we think it's been a very long time when it's actually only been a very short time. We all do that. But the thing about ADHD is it happens all the time and really, really badly. And importantly, not by choice. It's not a matter of I can play for three hours, but screw all of you. I'm putting my, you know, my needs in front of all or my wants in front of your needs. Like I'm deciding that I don't want to do this because I'm selfish or something. Yeah. I cannot. Like when I was a kid and I was trying to do the reading for class, I loved the subjects I was studying. I would love to do the reading. I could not because I couldn't get more than a couple sentences before yeah. the sentences that I had read had drifted away like smoke and the new ones were coming in. And I think that's really important to understand. So in, in the D&D context, when you're saying like, I can only play for an hour, I'm not saying like after an hour, I'm going to be like, hmm, I don't want to play. After an hour, my brain is going to start to turn in on itself. Yeah. I'm going to start forgetting what your names are. I'm gonna, well, I don't want to speak for you, but for me, it's like yeah. I'm going to start forgetting your names. I'm going to start forgetting like what day it is. I'm going to start forgetting what time it is. And after three hours, like I'm going to just be sitting there like just grunting, thinking I'm talking. <laughs> like it's not a matter of want versus like it, it's, yeah. it's it's I need it. I, I, I am not going to play if we can't do this. I'm, I can't play. And I think that's really important to understand. Um, and I think, in, again, in a gaming context, it can, it can be, if done the way that I like to play games, it can be done in a place where you, it's safe to do that, where mm -hmm. the people you're with are accepting and they're trying to elevate each other, not just, I mean, it, it's, it is a, comp, you know, a lot of games are competitions, you're still trying to win. Yeah. But it's done in a way, I, I like to play games in a way where you're safe and you're accepted if you say those things. And I think gaming can be, can be, um, a really amazing, I get uh, uh, sort of thing to overlay that on. Yeah, you know, because it's fun and it's whimsical and there are bright colors and shit. It's great. <laughs> but I, the question I wanted to ask you is because since I'm coming into the D and D world, like relatively newish, um, mm -hmm. my ADHD and my depression are interacting with ADHD and my ADHD and depression in real time, and I'm I'm found my I'm finding myself in this zone that I've been in so many times before when I start a new hobby or start reading a new thing or start trying to play a new piece of music or something where I have to develop new strategies to manage my neurodivergence. And right. so you, lovely experienced player, Ooh. I was wondering, I mean, you were diagnosed with ADHD more recently than I, but 
I was wondering, well, what do you do during a D&D session? Let's say you're in the middle of a D&D session and for whatever reason, like you want to keep playing and you know, yeah. like, what, what are your, do you have strategies? I do. I have a lot, I have a lot of strategies. Um, what, and I think honestly, like it ties into the fact that I was diagnosed so late because I didn't know what I was dealing with. I just know, I just knew that if I wanted to do the thing that I fucking loved to do, I had to figure out ways to keep up with, with everybody else. Mm. And so like, Hour three, where I'm like white knuckling through, I still had to have a system so I could participate because it, but that was the thing is like, I like I notice my performance like as you know, as like time goes on. But I mean, a lot of them are like, this is the part where I go, well, have you considered like talking to each other? Like, it's like the like really like one on one class. <laughs> but like, I mean, a lot of my stuff is really just one on one stuff. Like I take notes like weirdly copious notes but i also get like a very specific notebook i have like a very specific notebook that i buy off of amazon and it's laid out a very certain way and it's because there's like a bar and a bar and a box and a box and so like my info goes here and my like my like play info goes here and my doodles go here because you gotta have doodle space that's mm -hmm. like a whole thing <laughs> the, the nodding the not i'm the validation <laughs> um but yeah like and you know but then also like that's a separate conversation like this is this is gonna get really weird and conceptual really very quickly but like they're like okay so i have my little dino dino fidget toy but like the dino fidget toy is like step a of like b c and d because it's never just i have a dino toy right it's i have a dino toy hey dm just so you know like i'm gonna have a little dino toy because whatever now i gotta answer questions about the dino toy like now i gotta like drop break do mm. thing and so that's the thing it's like and i remember like so oh god just went hold on i'm gonna get it back wait for it wait, wait for it okay um the fuck was i talking about <laughs> Genital ABC. Ah, haha, -ha, thank you. Yeah. Um, when I was in school, I used to get in trouble all the time for not paying attention because I was drawing. And mm. I was like, no, that's how I pay attention. Like, I have to be drawing something, but like, I will, I, I draw robots. Like, that's the weird little doodles that I do. I drew, I make up little robot guys. But as I'm drawing the robot, I'm like listening to the thing and I'm going, okay, like, so when I drew this robot, like that was when we were talking about, you know, I don't know, like Woodrow Wilson and then like, okay, and now like we're, we're going oh. like, you know, so like I associate what I'm doing, but like, I, I always, well, I have ADHD, so I need to over explain everything. Um, but to an outside observer who like, doesn't know what's going on, like, how dare you bring your spinning wheel to my gaming table, you asshole. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, no, like that's just that like, you're passing the time. You've got something to do with your hands. You've got something to focus on and you can participate and you have a fucking spinning wheel. That's badass. Also, <laughs> if you're not, if you're listening at home, I should mention there is a spinning wheel. I forgot to say that earlier. Uh, that's why I keep talking about spinning wheels. I'm not doing like a weird Rapunzel thing right now. So it's, it's fine. Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Totally. It's wrong. That's a wrong joke. Was it? A, uh, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Moving on. But so that's the thing. It's like, it's like there's like the, the process of d like having your system but then they're still bringing your system to the table, whether it's like, I'm going to have a spinning wheel or I'm going to have notes or I'm going to have my little dino fidget boy. Mm. And like bringing that to the table can oftentimes be the hardest part. And that's why, Eric, that's why I'm passionate about doing what I do. 
because more often than not, like I've been the person at the table who's like getting made fun of for like having the spinning wheel or I'm getting made fun of for like, oh my God, like, can't you pay attention? Or like, why can't, you know, like, oh, we're going to go for 12 hours today. Surprise. And I'm like, fuck. And so building awareness of like how easy it is to just let somebody have their spinning wheel and Mm. let somebody doodle and let somebody have their fidget toys and not make it a thing and not make it a whole process where you have to like feel like you have to justify the existence of your of your, you know, dino fidget. Like, I think that's really important. And that is why, like, I've started doing this thing because I, I just I think it's like it's it's it feels easy. It feels easy, but it it seems so hard, and I don't I don't huh. know why. Well, I, when you brought up the the doodling thing, is I think <clears throat> I, I I hate to use the word trauma if I'm not certain about it because I don't want to I don't want to 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 dilute the term, but I think a lot of a lot of my own personal hesitance to uh, with doing the things that I have to do to to, yeah. to pay attention or to remember or to listen or whatever it is comes directly from being in school all of it from preschool all through high school um and having the teacher go eric eric put it stop (laughs) whether i'm doodling or playing with something or whatever in front of the whole class and eventually i think at some point in high school i was like screw 100 percent of that and i was just like no i'm gonna keep doing like (laughs) look look at my test scores like i'm paying attention you know how also how satisfying was it i don't i don't know if this ever happened to you when a teacher would say like eric you know pay attention and i was like oh i am and they would say the my oh favorite yeah thing, well what did i just say and then he'd be like boom <laughs> just right back at them and they just like oh. <laughs> and they would go back to all of my teachers were bulldogs um they were, they were, they were <laughs> and winston churchill one, one of the i was winston literally churchill. about to make a winston churchill joke oh you it was not very churchillian of you that was not <laughs> But I remember this is this is also the case with reading and listening to music and video games and listening to podcasts. Um, but I associate the information that's coming in with the thing that I was doing at the time. So if I was drawing a specific you know, robot or something and they say like uh, bilateral gynandromorphic hermaphroditism or something like that, that's a true story. I'll get to it. You won't. <laughs> I'll. I'll look if I come across that robot doodle again. I'll immediately go by yeah, that lateral guy interrupt. That's why. Because. That's why I. That's the same thing. It's, it's a, like yeah. I it, have like a recall button. It's, so it's not which was, that realization to me was fascinating because at first I thought it was like oh this is something that I have to do to just be like to just you know get my head above water. Right. But no, this is actually a legit strategy. Like this isn't just how I what I need to do to be okay. Like this is actively making me good at studying. It's yeah. how I got through school. And if I'm listening to a podcast while I'm playing, you know, Red Dead Redemption or something like that, every time I pass it, this uh, this church, I'll remember exactly what they were talking about in the podcast when I passed that mm-hmm. church. Uh, there's the TV show QI with Stephen Fry, although I don't think he hosts it anymore. Highly recommend, by the way. It's on BBC. Um, they just bring up interesting facts all the time. And I was playing um, GTA San Andreas and I had the Flying Cars mod on. And I was trying to get to the top of like this tall building in, yeah. in GTA San Andreas. And Stephen Fry brought up the condition of bilateral gynandromorphic hermaphroditism which is when an animal is split directly down the center right. and their their sex, like their, their cellular sex yeah. is split like in a oh, line like down the, the frog? center. Like yeah, the, yeah, frogs, yeah. chickens, and lobsters. It's, it's most common. <laughs> um, and I remember hearing this word as I was doing that. And then the next day I was playing GTA again and I was doing it again. And there was like bilateral gynandromorphic hermaphroditism. And that was 10 years ago now. Eric, I want and you to- And I just remember that friggin' word. 
term. It, I don't know. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be filled with regret. But I want you to know that I've decided that um, you know how I got you Ruth Goodman for your birthday. Yeah, I'm gonna get you Steve. Don't for do that. I don't know what I would do. I would freak out hard. I've decided. I don't. I don't know. It's not my goal. It's Ugh, not my goal. Give me some prep time first. I I'm gonna, won't. I got to read everything he's ever written. I'm just gonna. And... I'm just gonna be like, hey, we have somebody coming on, and, and then it's just gonna be a surprise. <laughs> Stephen Fry. It's gonna, it's, that's gonna be like when Troy meets uh, meets uh, what's Le the guy Levar Burton, Burton in I Community. I only wanted a picture. It's although the thing the thing of it is though, I would I would I would though once again remind you that like if that ever if you ever like Levar Burton, Levar Burton. me that's exactly what will happen to me. What if what if what if we do it on the same day? What if we what log if, into the Zoom okay, call and okay. there are two extra boxes and it's idea, Stephen Fry and idea. Levar Burton? Levar Burton and Stephen Fry have a conversation on Infinite Quest and we're not there. <laughs> we just give them guest host for the day. Like yeah, you guys we're kind of busy you guys mind we got our friends in? just i don't what's your name again steven yeah Steven, all right. yeah. Yeah, steven know, this, and lavar are gonna be fucking guy the host of the podcast <laughs> anyway eric um so i was thinking about it and i was thinking that we have this whole room of people yeah that i'm very pointedly not looking at because i'm so nervous um so if if any like should we do like questions what should we do i'm down to do questions i'm i'm, I'm still in this phase of doing the podcast where like why the hell would people want to ask me questions you know <laughs> just true. some dude like but a, i'm trying to get over that cause... a hand instantly went up. oh there you go so okay you gotta like be loud though because we are lazy and we only set up one mic so. yeah hi crystal how's it going hi crystal um so i've been writing notes well you've been Look at this. Because oh my I was gosh. afraid like, there wouldn't be a Q&A section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wrote, what would happen if you gave yourself permission to fully be yourself and take up space? That nothing is wrong with you and you deserve to participate and be accepted. That is the whole idea. Like, I love that question. I love that question because that is that is absolutely what, I mean, especially, I think, with ADHD and D. Like, yeah. that's what we're trying to do. Um, here's a, a secret announcement. I don't know if we, I don't know if we've told people this yet. I know what you're talking about, we're so gonna be, probably fine. It's gonna be but uh, <laughs> we're, like, after uh, Play on Con, we're going to be going to uh, Gen Con, and we're going to be, I know, yeah, uh, and we're going to be uh, actually teaching a workshop about accessibility in gaming and talking to, like, new game designers and talking about how to, like, bring in like different neurotypes and like make your instructions accessible because there's nothing worse I can't do than it. an instruction manual oh my god that just is like just words you're just like why are you do you hate us how is the amount of times I've been trying to get in on a game and the DM will just hand me the player's handbook and just go read this or like no it's no, 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 not gonna happen I'm sorry about? I'm gonna watch, I'm um, gonna look at a 14 minute YouTube video crank it up to 2x speed and watch that that's yeah perfect and and so yeah so I mean like I that's Ever since all of this started, that is, I think, for, I don't want to speak for Eric, but, like, that has been the thing that we keep coming back to, is that, the like, I always thought, like, I always thought that I had to be this, like, version of myself. Like, I had to be this, like, perfect Kate. I had to be this, like, person who, like, had their shit together and, like, knew what was going on and whatever. But then once I started talking about the difficulties once I started being honest about the fact that like I I it fucking sucks to not be able to play D&D for three hours but like I can't and the more I started talking about that the more like heads would start nodding in our digital audience if you will um and so like that's I think kind of how we ended up here doing this is is my like again I don't want to talk for you but like 
that's what I wanted to do is like that. And I'm learning every day that like, it's okay to not be able to play D and D for three hours. Like it's, mm. it's not a moral failing. There isn't anything inherently wrong with me. Just that's how my brain works. And so if your brain says, sorry, you don't get seven hour D and D sessions. Cool. Like go find people who appreciate one hour sessions and play with them. You know, like, yeah, yeah that's uh, a great question. Yeah, really. I, I think one of the things that I was really surprised most about when we started doing this um, was a, a lot of the time we Katie and I would do an episode about something and we would immediately afterwards go, that was fucking garbage. That was the worst thing we've ever made. How <laughs> dare we show this to people? But you know, it's our job. And so we're like, okay. And we, we, we put it out and I'm always shocked. This happens every time. Um, we'll get messages or emails from people saying, it's just nice to hear people talk like we do. And that fucking... It gets me. <laughs> it, it, fuck it, it me. Gets it gets me. Because I, my whole life, I, uh, uh, <laughs> especially in school, my whole life, I, I was told, like, you're great if only. If you could just... You'd be... You'd be amazing. Such a good student. You're so you smart, so but... Much. <sighs> yeah. And that was my fucking fault. And it took really until I met you, I think... Um, that I realized that not only is this not a moral failing or my fault, who's writing these rules where I'm not allowed to be this way? Like, who said, who says that I can't do that? Who says I can't stutter and change my train of thought four times? Perhaps that's not the best way to be is if you're a... a podcaster? <laughs> Apparently it's okay. Um, perhaps certain professions that doesn't lend itself well to, but... I don't give it. I'm not a doctor or a podcast host or anything. I'm Eric, goddammit. Mm -hmm. And that's how I'm going to be. And that's okay. And the question, I guess, to bring it back to gaming, this is, I play games in a certain way. And I love games for, for certain reasons. And I try to find people that are accommodating to those ways and appreciate games for the same reasons that I do. And I've met people who have like changed my life profoundly for the better by deciding, like, I'm going to be accommodating and respectful to others, but I'm also going to be myself. You know, I'm going to try not to hurt and offend people, of course, but I'm also going to be myself. And I'm not going to apologize for it. That's not to say that I don't. That's that's something that I aspire to do. But, you know, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, another question. Thank you. I, I have a point and a question. I'm not sure if your mic is picking up. If you've got VU meters, I'll, if this is too long, let me know. No, okay. Fine, please. Um, but I was diagnosed at 52 and lived my whole freaking life with my ADHD not being recognized as anything other than a than a, than a failure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I was right, you know, I went to school in the 70s and 80s, and even though they knew what hyperactivity was, they didn't understand anything about, you know, like, and I and and then like even when I started working, I, I would negotiate with my employers. I'm like, look, I'm gonna be late. I'll, I'll do other people's sidewalks. I will do whatever it takes for you to forgive me being late. What can I do to compensate? Like, and, and, I, and I would sit there and negotiate how, and, and I self-diagnosed in ways that, so, so don't ever, like I absolutely understand. I'm in the big sad right now in my life because I'm having to look back over my history and go, if only people knew then what they know now, yeah. my life would have been infinitely mm -hmm. better. And yeah. so you're growing up in a very, very better world than I did. <laughs> I am so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, that's when you said if we knew then what we know now, I think that's 
we don't have like a mission statement, I think, on our website or something like that. But I think our mission statement is like, we want to say the things that we wish somebody had fucking said to us when we were younger. Yeah. Like, I think, well, I, Katie? I'm sorry, we just spent like a really long time writing a mission statement and it's really good and we definitely have one. <laughs> oh yeah, we did! We did! Oh! I for, well, it's okay. That was really funny. Way to go, past Eric and Katie. <laughs> Self high five. That's see, ADHD has its fun. You forget you did something, and you're like, wait a minute, I already did that. It's like, <laughs> definitely. That's amazing. <laughs> but but I, sorry. I have a question. Also. Yeah. Like, I was able to hyperfixate on games, mm. and then like when you know when my ADHD started getting me distracted, I would do things like go attack the snacks, or yeah. you know, or do or or I'd go into the book and start reading the rules to mm. try to. And like I read three books a week in high school during school, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what kind of things do you hyper fixate on that allow you to, to, to like enjoy the things you enjoy, you know? That's, I mean, what, 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 what month is it? <laughs> it changes. <laughs> um, I mean, I've, I've done, uh, paper making, book binding, uh, uh, pal palindrome writing. That's a, that's more of a long term. Palindrome writing is really fun. I make models out of coffee stirs. Um, I, what else? Uh, uh, oh, I like making wire sculptures. Um, but none of those things alone. It's always something else too. I'm always doing those things while a podcast or a movie or a documentary or whatever is playing. Um, so for me personally, it's a lot, I like ending up with a physical product at the end of what I'm doing. I like having a thing that I, I mean, ever since I was a little kid, my favorite thing to do is to just to make a thing and go, look, look at this thing. Like, hey, tell me I'm smart and cool, you know, or whatever. Um, so for me, it's a lot of making stuff. Um, it's a lot of making stuff. And I get those jimmies also somewhat from making like digital stuff, um, editing, whatever, building stuff in Minecraft, 3D modeling, whatever it is. Um, but for me, it's 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 a lot of, of physical things. Because um, I think somewhere deep down, I just, th this is a whole different story, but just to, just to, just because it really contextualizes who I am, there was this gifted program in my elementary school called Academically Talented, and I didn't get into it. And for a bunch of reasons I won't get into, that was a massive deal to me. And so from that point on, I just want people to tell me I'm smart. Like, that's all I want. And so, but, but not in a conventional way, because they told me I couldn't do that because I'm not a conventional guy. They, I'm not gonna be the guy who gets the homework in early. I'm never gonna be that guy. But I can be the guy who sits in a room with a bunch of coffee stores and comes out with a boat five hours later. I can be that guy. <laughs> so I'm gonna be really good at being that guy. And the feeling that I get when I show somebody something, and, and a lot of, some of it's selfish because I want them to think I'm smart, but also the look on their face when they go, fuck, like, I didn't know you could do that. What, like in making their day a little better or a little more vivid because of something I did, it's like, I mean, it's this is a little trite, but it's 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 an it's an honor, yeah. and I think what we're doing is is perhaps in some ways an extension of that. I think there was a question in the back. Oh, it was a long time. Oh. Um, so <laughs> I, I guess I'm kind of odd to duck out. I was diagnosed at a very young age, very very supportive parents. Um, was medicated for a large part of my life, and you know, my life, and you know, those teen years, and decided no. Um, and then remember a specific, specific moment where pretty much my life turned around because I got back on medication and figured out that, you know, didn't tell anybody, took it, and all of a sudden I'm starting to get these compliments that I'm doing so much better, you're paying attention, blah, blah, blah. How do you guys feel about medication helping with any kind of day-to-day? -day? Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I always say this, like, medication is a tool. 
it's not a cure-all. It's not like a magical fairy comes down and like your problems are sorted. It's a tool. And for, for some people, it is a very, very effective tool. For me, like uh, the story I always tell is I was, I was diagnosed the day before my 30th birthday. And on my 30th birthday, I went and I got my prescription and I took it. And 20 minutes later, my life changed. And I went, Oh, that's what this could be like. And, and then dealing with like that whole fallout of like what could have been and the resentment and the anger and the frustration and all of that aside, um, you know, but, but we have people ask us every day, like, should I take medication or like, is medication a bad thing? Or is it going to turn me into a speed fiend? And it's like, no, uh, but it's a tool and it, and it's a tool that is absolutely right for some people. And for some people, like it's all they need. And for other people, it's in conversation with, you know, like therapy or life skills or coaching or that kind of thing. Um, but it's it's also not one size fits all. Um, and, and one thing that um, and I don't mind sharing about it, um, but I like I don't take medication on the weekends um, because that is just what works for me and works for my life and works for my brain. And a lot of people go, well, what do you mean you don't take your medication all the time? And I'm like, well, yeah, because like that's how it works for me. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, my, my answer is always the same. It's, it's a tool. If that tool is right for you, cool. You know, don't go steal your little brother's prescription and like try it out, you know, don't do that. Um, but like supervised and, you know, used appropriately, like it is a exceptionally powerful tool for a lot of people, but if you're able to manage without it, that's fine too. Yeah. I, I, I talking about medication, not as a, as a medical professional is, is kind of a dangerous game. Um, but one thing that I will say outright is that taking medication is something that needs to be taken seriously. It is not a light, especially ADHD medications, because there are a bunch of different types that work in a bunch of different ways. Um, it should be something that takes is, is taken very seriously. And I advocate for um, when you start taking medication to have auxiliary support systems. Now, I wouldn't say auxiliary because that implies that they're extra, but having um, support systems around you. Um, because something that I, we hear this a lot. I, I certainly experienced this. I think you certainly experienced this. There's a period of mourning that happens when you take medic, ADHD medication for the first time, especially if you take it later in life, because you're like, holy shit, all the wasted years. Spoiler alert, you didn't waste them. They happened and you became the person that you are and you're great. But that is the feeling that happens. I remember the first time I took ADHD medication was November 9th, 2009. Um, I remember the day, all of it. Um, because that was the first day that I got to like the things that I liked. I got to sit in class and go, fuck, this is interesting. I'm going to read about it. This is, I want to draw this drawing. I'm going to draw it. And that is, I mean, the, 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 the shockwave from that, I still feel every day. When I take my medication, I just go, God, I remember what it was like before this. And yeah, and I also, you know, like all tools, Tools can create, be immensely useful and wonderful, and they can create amazing things. They can also really hurt you really badly. And so again, whatever, some people are, don't want to take medication, that's fine. Some people do take medication and it's great, that's also fine. Um, but it's something that needs to be taken very seriously. Um, and I also recommend um, uh, taking a lot of notes while you're taking them. Um, and if you're not very good at taking notes while you're having them, then they might not be working very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's kind of funny, but it's true. I mean, when I was first taking and I was taking notes, like I noticed I would stop taking notes at a certain point at the time of the day. And so I was like, oh, they're wearing off at that point of the day because I fuck off from the notes, you know. 
Um, oh, that was my first F-bomb in this whole episode. I was going to see if I can do a clean. What are you going to do? As I, I blew that for you like yeah. hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah. thought I saw another hymn, but maybe, yeah. Okay. Um, so one of the things that I had to learn was that um, when talking about tools, the things that make tools useful is they help you fit into the environment you're in. And our world is not built, generally speaking, for people with neurodivergence. Yeah. It's like it's not built for people with various disabilities. Um, but what ways have you guys found to make your world, your environment, more accommodating for you? What mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you have said, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to do this differently. Mm. I put a... Uh, my face on a tablecloth. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, God damn, that's a, that's a great that's question. A one, yeah. Because I think, oh man, I, pro I have an answer. Hold on. Sure, I'm you, just, I'm trying to decide. Do you want me to go while you think of it or do you want, I, I'm fine with either one. You go, you go. Sure. I'm going to sure. stare into the middle distance for a second. <laughs> sure. Well, I think, um, well, just to list off like a couple like immediate practical things. Um, when it comes to storing things, um, for example, I do like modeling and stuff, so I have a bunch of tools. Um, keep them uh, visible. S drawers can go F themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, keep them visible. Like I use a pegboard, so having the whole wall up there because something that is very common with ADHD is people often say people with ADHD struggle with object permanence, um, but it's not. Challenge. Yes. Challenge. Yeah. I love you. I support you. Uh -huh. It's not the question. You are talking about a system. And our good friend Celestine is talking about ways that you have said instead of doing oh, the normal like substitutions. thing. Yeah. Oh, I don't. Fold, I don't. I don't fold my laundry, my socks, or my laundry anymore. <laughs> who says? Who says? I, I I divide them, but I don't fold them. Who says? Um, I, I I think something that's important is one. Well, this kind of ties into the medication question. Is we we don't live in a world that was built for people with ADHD or for people with other neurodivergencies. It was built for people without those things. Um, and so for a lot of people, one of the reasons they don't take medication is because for their line of work or for the way that their life is, their ADHD is just fine. My dad is an example of one of those people. He was a journalist, and so he had to be able to switch from task to task and all that stuff. But so for some people, the things that they aspire to do are not do not lend themselves very well to ADHD. And they have to, not because anybody said they should, but because, you know, who they are, they want to be able to do this thing. Um, and I think, so when it comes to the world not being designed for people with ADHD, um, I, oh my God, I lost it. I'm so sorry. That was such a shitty answer to that question. <laughs> I, I had like a whole thing and then I, Katie, did you get, did you get your thing? I did. Do you, please, please save me. It's, I, I put my, I put my underwear in bins. I, I know that's dumb, but it changed my life because, because here's the thing. It's, it's like my underwear is symbolic. Don't, don't. Okay. <laughs> because, because, because that's the thing is like, and it kind of ties back to your question as well, because I spent so long just being like, there's something inherently wrong with me. There's something intrinsically wrong with me. Like I'm a bad person because I, I can't use drawers. I can't fold my laundry, whatever. And then the more I started like looking at my life and the more I started like looking at these places where I was like spending so much time and so much energy and so much just, e just effort, just effort to like fucking match my socks. Like why? Why? Who cares? And one of the things that I started doing was instead of like putting shit away in the drawer, I just have bins and I go underwear. Ha ha, bins, take that. And people go, oh my God, like that. What are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? 
But that led to then, okay, well, if I'm doing that, then I don't have to match my socks. And if I don't have to match my socks, then maybe like all of my laundry can go in bins or like in a system that makes sense. And if that's the case, well, then maybe like my, you know, like my silverware drawer can be a certain way. And if that's the case, then maybe like my whole kitchen can be a certain way. And if my whole kitchen can be a certain way, maybe my house can be covered in Star Wars shit and Muppets and no one is, I'm an adult, I pay my taxes, you know, like that's fine. (laughs) And then maybe, just maybe, if I do that, there are other people in the world who who need to know that it's okay to put your underwear in a bin. And so I started making TikToks, and now I'm here. So somewhere along the line, I learned something. I'm just not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, right here. My question kind of goes along the lines with hers. It was about systems, which you've kind of already talked about, but another point is learning to be comfortable in your own skin yeah and when that happened for you I, i'm in a world that allows a certain amount of eccentricity mm-hmm. in air quotes is tolerated for results mm-hmm. and so yeah you might have people who you know they don't work normal nine to five even though it's a nine to five office because they produce results and they don't care but a lot of us especially in the world i work in had to learn how to become comfortable in their own skin and um, had to have systems or things, you know, so what are some of, I guess, do you guys have a story or how did you guys become comfortable enough in your own skin to start a podcast to put your face on a tablecloth? I mean, like, I, can I answer this about? one? Uh, well, mine's just pretty short. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be dismissive of the question. Yeah, but. I mean, I was going to say the exact same thing. Like, I, I've never once been comfortable in my own skin. Like, I, like, and I realized that's maybe like a really weird way of approaching it. But like, I realized that like, I, at, at some point this started happening. Like all of this started happening. And people, how do I, how do I, how do I say this? Like, I I realized that like maybe not being comfortable in my own skin was just as okay as 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 being because I cuz cuz if the goal if the goal is being completely and perfectly comfortable in my own skin all the time that's never going to happen because I have ADHD and I have depression and there are days and I don't want to bring the room down, but like there are days when I look in the mirror and I'm like, you should be dead. Like you don't deserve to be here. And that's not a comfortable feeling. And that's not a fun feeling. And so what I realized was like, rather than trying to like go for this, like idealized version of self-acceptance where one day I work up, like wake up and I go, my hair looks amazing and I'm beautiful. And I don't notice that my arms go like this when I flap them around. Like I I just said, fuck it, fuck it. Like I have something to say. And I, and I feel like, I guess I should rephrase. Yeah, no, it's okay. When did, when did you guys figure out that it was okay to be uncomfortable? Hmm. Okay. Okay. Comfortable in your own skin. I mean that you're okay with the fact that you're walking around in a certain level of discomfort in a room full of people who <laughs> look like they're completely comfortable compared to like how you feel inside. Hmm. I guess that's a better reframe. No, that's a that's a glorious yeah. question. Um, I think I still know my answer. Yeah, I think. Well, I'll try to be brief. I think you go. Something that I try to like say to myself a lot is "says who." Um, you're, you're supposed to sort your silverware and spoons and forks and knives. Says who? 
Why can't I just put them in the drawer altogether? Says who? Why are you supposed to match your socks? Says who? You're supposed to be 100% comfortable in your skin at all times. Says who? Where did that come from? Why did we have this idea that that's the case? Um, and I think, well, part of, I, I think a lot and try to talk a lot about um, masculinity because I'm a man person and it's, ugh, there's a lot of, well, it's, it's worth, it's necessary to talk about it. But I, when I was about 18 years old, there was a girl that I liked. She worked in the store next to me. Um, and the coworkers that I worked with noticed that I liked her. And they kept egging me to like, go ask her out, go ask her out, go ask her out. And I kept saying like, she doesn't want me to ask her out. I don't want to ask her out. I just have a crush. That's what I was thinking. But that's not what I was supposed to do. I was an 18 year old boy, man, whatever you want to think of it as. And we're supposed to, we're not, spoiler alert, do stuff like that. And so I did. And she said, no. And that was the end of it. But I remember thinking, I didn't want to ask her out. I liked having a crush on her. Why is that not okay? Why is their version of what I'm supposed to do the right version and mine isn't? And from then on, I attempted to. I always try to say that I'm attempting to. I, I, didn't, I don't feel like I've arrived anywhere. Um, but I started realizing that there is no correct version of, of things. I think to, to, to borrow um, something Stephen Fry said, um, to, uh, yeah, uh, to, to, to fuck me, what is that? Callback. Um, <laughs> he said, I think we all sort of feel like before we were born, there was a class in which how to live and how to be a person was taught. But we slept in that day. We didn't <laughs> go. Everybody else went to that class, but we didn't. There was no fucking class. There was no, nobody knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to make our lives something worth doing. Um, and that can look like a literally infinite amount of things. And so I don't feel like I'm a million percent comfortable in my own skin. I hope I'm more comfortable in my own skin than I was a month ago or a year ago. Um, but I think the question for me is always, do I accept this or do I change it? And when it comes to who I am, perhaps I could change it, but I don't care to, you know, I want to be a better person and a kind person and a nice person. But when it comes to the way that, you know, my brain works or the things that I like to do or the hobbies that I have, who says, who says I have to be some other way? Why can't I just be this way? I don't know. That I, I'm like looking at you. Do you approve of the answer? Like, is that okay? Um, no, I mean, like my my story is is very it's it's much less serious and 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 nice than Eric's. But um, I was a theater major in college, and all I wanted to do from the time that I was very small to the time I was in college was I wanted to do theater, and I wanted specifically to do musicals. I wanted to do musical theaters, but at the time I was a much larger person. Um, and I went to one of those cool college programs where if you were a larger bodied person, you were never going to get to play the ingenue. You were never going to get to play the thing. Um, and so that taught me very quickly, like there was some, that was, there was something inherently wrong with me. There was something inherently wrong with like the physical space that I inhabited and the body that I inhabited because I was never going to get to be the lead. I was, I could be the funny neighbor or I could be, you know, I could be the evil stepsister, but like you couldn't, you, fat people don't fall in love. It's not real. Um, and so I, in college, that was when I learned like, okay, well, if that's the case, then I, I have to, I have to make do right. Which is very unhealthy. Like I don't, I'm not pretending like that's not, but then after college, I started doing Shakespeare and the company that I worked for, 
um, the one of the first shows that I ever saw. It was it was a production of Much Ado About Nothing, and the woman playing uh, Beatrice and the guy playing Benedict were both uh, larger body people. They were both very big people, and they were older. They were in their forties. And I remember going to see the show, and I remember thinking, "She looks like me. She looks like me in a way that I've never seen anybody look at before." And I started like working with this company. And what I realized, and, and this, it sounds, it's really trite, but basically what happened was, is that I realized that it wasn't about how I looked or being comfortable. It was about what I did out, what I did outwardly that was going to like make the difference because I could constantly apologize. I could constantly be like, oh, I'm so sorry for the space that I'm taking up. But instead I said, you know what? I'm fucking great at Shakespeare and I deserve, <laughs> I deserve to play Beatrice. I deserve to play Kate. I deserve to play Lady Macbeth. And I have professionally over and over and over and over and over again, because like that, that is what I was bringing to the table. And like that, those were the stories that I wanted to tell. And so somewhere in there, I was like, it doesn't matter that like internally, I think I'm always just like, are they going to notice? Are they going to notice that I have a twitch and my hair is poofy? Like, yeah, you probably all have. But like, I, I really truly believe that like the stories that we tell and the words that we, we, we use, like they have worth and they have meaning and they have power. And if I can sit behind this table with my poofy hair and my tick and, you know, my flabby arms and go, you know what? Like everybody deserves love and everybody it, it matters. I don't know. I think that is cool. Mm -hmm. Do you know well, everybody, uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I, I broke my dinosaur, you so we have to. Oh, no. <laughs> we have you to. didn't. You didn't break your dinosaur. You just made more fidget. Toys I just. I made, I, I, cr I was so scared. This is what I was doing under the table the whole time. Uh, so now that that's that quality. If anybody wants to buy our merch. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for being here. This is the first episode of our, our second season. I just moved across the country to do this. So thank you so much for being here on, on the first of this whole thing. I don't know. Just it really means a lot. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And that's it. That's the end of this week's episode. Uh, and the very beginning of season two. Oh, yeah. How do you feel, Eric? I feel like the sun is rising on a brand new day and there are birds going tweedly deep. Would you, you know? say, Eric, that there's also music? There's music in the air, yeah. yeah. The hills are alive. It's well, terrifying, know, but with um, the sound of music. <laughs> this is the problem with being in the same room as you. You're just going to keep doing dumb stuff while I'm trying to do the Patreon song. So you're making it so much better. Season 2 Patreon song quality upgrade. This week, we have a whole bunch of people to thank because we forgot for like three weeks while we were moving. Yes, we did. We forgot to do the Patreon song. So thank you to Jordan and Marlena and Nicola and Jennifer and Megan and Bobby. We couldn't have done it without you. Eric, you wanted to sing. I did. I did. I did. And thank you, Nicole and 
Lucas and Lucas. There was just one Lucas, but I needed one more name to sing in that measure. But I wanted to leave enough names for Katie to sing. So thank you, Allie and Nicole, but a different Nicole. And Jennifer and Caitlin and Cinco, who is a buckaroo buddy. I don't know why that matters. He's a buckaroo buddy. He's a buckaroo buddy. He's a buckaroo buddy. He's a Infinite Quest. Slash Infinite Quest. <laughs> Wait, give me, a big, give me a big G. Ready, ready, ready? Thank you. <laughs> you know what that was? That, that was pretty good. The hours of rehearsal that we put yeah, in before oh, that man. really showed, I feel like. Um, hey, everybody. This is the beginning of season two. Uh, it is going to get bigger. It is going to get better. It is going to get weirder. It is going to get just so much more so from all of us here at infinite quest thank you so much for your support we are so excited for season two um so yeah we'll uh we'll see you next week so drink your water take your meds <laughs> nailed it <laughs> it was a dramatic pause i was being all dramatic what's, what are these, what's he gonna say Eat a snack be kind to yourself we love you you forgot to say be kind to others be kind to others and from all of us at infinite quest we love, we love you. you. We're going to get it, Eric. Okay. I Se believe. Season two now with 50% more Blumpkin. <laughs> <laughs>